Acts chapter 8. I'll read a few verses here to get us on the train of thought. Verse number 26 we'll begin with. As we're thinking about that and turning our Bibles there, of course it's up here. Uh, Tuesday night at the college and career class. We had it at Marina's house this past Tuesday. One of the verses that we looked at was Hebrews chapter 10, where it says, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. But then I parked on the part that says uh, that we're to do that, to provoke one another to love and good works. And I made the application that uh, when we, a mature Christian, we, we fellowship together, not what we can get. We fellowship so we can give love to somebody. Amen. So by your presence, uh, without saying a word, by our presence today, we're saying that we want to love each other. Mm-hmm. We're encouraging somebody. And uh, empty seats are discouraging. Full seats are encouraging. Uh, when when the church members come, it's it's encouraging, and you know we encourage somebody. There's somebody who's lonely. There's somebody who's de- depressed. There's somebody who feels like their life's not going anywhere. There's people who come to church that just have all kinds of problems. I'm one of those persons. I know what I'm talking about. And so when somebody comes, <clears throat> sits by me, says hi to me. Tell you what, you can't replace that. That's so weird to think that way. I'm coming, not what I can get. Somebody needs my presence there. <clears throat> Somebody needs me to be there, to smile at them, to say hi to them, put my arm around them, tell them I'm praying for them, say amen to the preaching, uh, pay attention to what Pastor Mike says, and all this, <laughs> this all works together. So thank you for provoking me to love. That's what I'm trying to, trying to say. So, if I don't share my uh, heart and emotions like I should, thank you. You're encouraging me. And I feel the love. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> okay, so let's look at Acts chapter 8, verse 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert, and he arose and went, and behold, like that thought there, and behold, he went somewhere, and behold, there just happened to be somebody there. <laughs> a great thought. Behold, a man of, e- of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, and he read Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself unto this chariot. And today, you see on your lesson, of course, lesson four, we're talking about uh, eight biblical ways to win souls to Jesus. And today's lesson is by being available when the Holy Spirit leads us. Uh, that's uh, one of the best ways to be able to to tell someone about Jesus, just be available when the Holy Spirit leads us. You know, we may go out because somebody signed up to go with 
Pastor Mike, or we may go because you know we're motivated, we may go because we're told to be a soul winner. But the funnest part of being a Christian is uh, talking to somebody because the Lord put them there in your path. The Lord led them to you. So this lesson's for everyone. It's for moms and dads, homemakers, business people, students. I was just minding my own, my own business back at the cottage, prayer cottage where I stayed back there in the, in the back 40. It's a little scary at night, but the, the Burnett gang and the workers did great. They put a fence all the way around. It's got a remote control gate, so I feel a little bit more secure, but... Anybody who wanted to bother me should, should, should surely be able to do it. But in case you're thinking about doing that, Charles Van lets me use his gun. So don't, <laughs> don't think you're just going to break in. And uh, I learned that from where I used to stay in Stockton. Somebody, I had a home invasion when I was here. So anyway, side story. You know, I was minding my own business and a FedEx truck drove up back there. No, they never drive up here. They just come to the church. And so he comes to the door and has me to sign for this package. And so I, fortunately I looked at the address and it was on the street next over. And I'm glad I knew the streets. But uh, uh, as it was, I was explaining the story to Linda. And Linda in her wisdom said that wasn't an accident. The Holy Spirit knew what would happen if he sent you to your sent you to your doors. <laughs> so, in the Lord merciful to do that for us. We could be minding our own business and the Lord sends somebody to us. Or the Lord says to us, talk to that person. Share the gospel with that person. So that's why we need to be open to the Holy Spirit. And uh, 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 we say, why, why should I get up and have my devotions in the morning? So you can be open to the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> uh, why should I listen to a Christian song? in my car or this morning. So we'll be open to the Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit says, do this, we'll do like Philip did. What a great example. So today's lesson centers on following the evangelist Philip's example of being available when the opportunity arrives to tell someone about Jesus. Pastor Tim already said it it for me, but uh, thank God for Philip, who was a real evangelist. Uh, and I have nothing against people who are evangelists and go to churches. That's not my point. But an evangelist is not somebody who goes speaks at churches. <laughs> evangelist is somebody who tells somebody about Jesus. So we all can be evangelists. And uh, I don't, I don't uh, necessarily want flattering titles. But uh, when someone, if someone calls me evangelist, Mike, that's okay because. In my mind, I know what that means. That means I tell people about Jesus. So thank God for this great example here that we can learn from. He was available to lead the Ethiopian eunuch to Jesus. And we could call this the Isaiah 53 plan of salvation. Most of us use the Romans road. That's that's what's in our track that we use. But thank God there's so many places in the Bible. The, The Isaiah... 53 chapter is the place that I would go to witness to a Jewish person. And so it's a great place there. And to this day, the Jews are 
And they, have, they even have seminars about it, like the Muslims have seminars to teach Jesus didn't really die and raise from the grave. The Jews, Orthodox Jews have seminars to teach that Isaiah 53 wasn't talking about a person, or if it was, it was talking about Jeremiah or Isaiah or the nation of Israel. But this lesson here plainly shows that even people in the Bible days understood that Isaiah 53 was about a person, and those Jews who accepted Christ then understood that Isaiah 53 was about one person, uh, Jesus Christ, Amen. who came and died and rose from the grave. So at this great theological gist of time, it would take a multiple series to even touch the basis of what we're going to see today in these few verses. What great, great uh, things that we can see here. So you get to talk to a Jew, Isaiah 53 is a great place to do that. Well, number one in our notes, Philip was available because he was already doing the will of God. He was already doing the will of God. And so by coming to Sunday school, by, as I've already said, by having our devotions in the morning, uh, by taking one step to do God's will, God opens up doors to, for us to do more of God's will. And there's nothing special going to India necessarily. I had just as much fun so winning in Lodi this week as I do in India. Uh, not quite as dangerous, but anyway, uh, I had a great time. But it's exciting to... to, to just be open to do the Lord's will and to tell people about Jesus. So I, if someone said, Pastor Mike, why do you get to go to India? Why do you go to India? How, how come the Lord opened up the doors to go to India? I would say it's because I used to, I started working on a bus route 45 years ago <laughs> in Los Angeles. And so because I did something, the Lord opened doors for me to do something else, something else. And the, now I get to go to the great country of India and tell Hindus who've never heard about Jesus uh, because I was doing something. And so when we're doing something, God just opens the door. And we, we may be walking down the street, but if we're praying, all kinds of things can happen from walking down the street if we're praying and talking to God. So again, we can see that this is just, just so many things we could say. Well, he was, the first bullet, he was already a faithful follower of Jesus. We'll read all these verses. They're on there, but John chapter 1, verse 43, 45. Philip was in that group of the first ones Jesus called. Jesus said, follow me. And that's exactly what Philip did. And because he began following Jesus, he ended up being, having a great evangelistic campaign just before this Ethiopian eunuch, those of us who are familiar with the Bible, know that he was preaching the gospel to Samaritans. He was winning people to the Lord. But there was one person that needed to hear. And so God interrupted Philip from preaching to thousands to go talk to one person. And thank God that that's the, that's the heart of God. He cares about so many, but he cares about that one person. And he would send Philip to talk to that one person. So thank, thank the Lord for this faithful man of God. Second bullet, he was willing to be a servant. 
In Acts chapter 6, they chose the first deacons. And the deacons were servants. They served so the preachers could uh, study and preach. And of course, notice that's another side note here. They began being servants, but all these deacons end up being preachers. All these deacons end up writing parts of the Bible, being evangelists, being soul winners, because they were willing to begin as being a servant. I would add one more thing to Pastor Tim's advice to young preachers. If you're not willing to clean a toilet, don't be a preacher. Because <laughs> I cleaned lots of toilets when I was a young preacher. <clears throat> and uh, getting ready for getting ready for getting ready for church. If you're not willing to pick up a piece of paper on the church parking lot, don't be don't want to be a deacon. Don't want to be a preacher, because it all begins with being a servant. God's looking for people who have servants' heart. They what servants are the ones that God elevates to do big things because they began as servants. They began humbly, like God. Said, if we humble ourselves, he'll exalt us in due, in due season. So he was, a, he was a servant. Next book, he was already faithfully preaching the Gospels. I just said, Acts chapter 8, verse 4 and 5. He was having great evangelistic crusades and, and campaigns. And so God <clears throat> saw this man. And then the last point on this. God uses those whom are already being faithful. Jesus said in Matthew 25, 23, a great principle. Jesus said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. If you're faithful doing that one little thing, then God says, I'll open up doors for you to, to serve and to be able to win people to the Lord. Again, Pastor Tim said it so clearly that perhaps that's the ultimate goal we need to reach to begin as a servant and then be a person that God could use to tell people how to be saved and and do what Jesus said follow me I'll make you fishers of men again there's another sermon there Jesus could have said follow me I'll teach you how to clean toilets (laughs) and but in the process, I'll make you a fisher to me. <laughs> Follow me to be a servant in the church. And in the process of that, I'll make you a fisher of men. So, so many great applications that we can make here. Now we get into the heart of the matter in verse, in chapter, in, excuse me, point number two. Philip was personally and directly led by the Holy Spirit to be a witness for Jesus. If I didn't believe this truth, I would quit the ministry. If I didn't believe the Holy Spirit leads us, I would, it, would be, it would be ridiculous to be here today. be ridiculous to serve the Lord. And that sounds perhaps uh, a little weird to us, but I'm around Christians. I've been around Christians for almost 50 years. You'd be surprised how many Christians don't believe the Holy Spirit's leading or don't uh, follow the Holy Spirit's leading. But the Holy Spirit leads us. And if you're here today, I believe the Holy Spirit led you here today. Even if your wife drugged you, it was the Holy Spirit who led you. <laughs> Even if your parents made you, it was probably the Holy Spirit who led, who led you. So the Holy Spirit leads us. 
It'd be, a, it'd be an empty Christian life not to believe that. In fact, it'd be a depressing life because things haven't turned out like I dreamed. I preached that my first Sunday night here. Thank God He didn't give me the desires of my heart. Things haven't turned out like I wanted them to. I'm, I'm not doing what I think I should be doing exactly. But I'm convinced that I'm here right now because the Holy Spirit wants me here right now. I'm convinced I was out on the streets of Lodi last night because the Holy Spirit led me there last night. Else it would be ridiculous to be serving the Lord. Why do all this? Why, why put ourselves, why get up early this morning and come here when we could be sleeping in? Because the Holy Spirit's in this. The Holy Spirit's leading us. So, so my point is, everybody in this room, if we're open to God's, He'll direct, personally and directly lead us. He, he, he's got a personal plan for us. He's got a personal direction for each of us. And this is so important. Every area in marriage, in dating, in working, in going to church, uh, in every part of our life, the Holy Spirit wants to lead us and guide us. And so we can see this. And especially, uh, in case I don't get to say this before the lesson's over, I've done a lot of things in my life. I've had lots of ministries in my life. But there's nothing like soul winning that I feel the direction of the Lord. There's nothing like purposely saying, Lord, I'm going out. You lead me where I should go. And then when I get back home, wow, God led me where I should go. God led me to talk to that person. I mean, it happens in every, every, every area of our life. But for those of us who are, want to witness to people, uh, it's just amazing how God opens that door. So I challenge housewives, homemakers. Lord, send a... And by the way, He does. The Lord sends people to your door. We just don't witness to them. <laughs> he does send the package delivers. <laughs> so that's another sermon anyway. Yes, exactly. Yeah. If, if somebody comes to your door, preach the gospel to them. Yes. They need it too. Yes. Good, good, good application there. Okay. Verse bullet. He was a disciple filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts 3. When they chose the seven deacons, they didn't say uh, choose unfaithful men. They didn't say choose worldly men. They didn't say choose carnal Christians. They didn't say just choose anybody who's coming to church. They said look out seven men who are filled with the Holy Spirit. Philip was one of those men. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. The church was evidence that he was filled with the, with the Holy Spirit. And he heard the Lord speaking to him personally and directly, as we just read in Acts 8, 26. The angel of the Lord, which is the Lord himself, and the word angel means messenger, but uh, to keep from <clears throat> making a big discussion out of it, if the angel of the Lord says something, then God said something. <laughs> so whether, whether it's a real angel or the Lord himself, doesn't matter. God's speaking to him. And he's, he's hearing. He heard the Lord speak to him personally and directly. Of course, we know the way that God speaks to us is through the Bible. The only way we can prove that God spoke to us is through the Bible. 
If I told you the Lord pressed me this morning to pray for Brother Brian Burnett, there's no way I can prove that. But if I had a Bible verse, then I could prove that. But at the same time, uh, God does speak to us. I can't prove that to you. You can't prove it to me. As I said last week, I think it was, usually when a TV evangelist says, God spoke to me, the next thing he says is, you send me $1,000. <laughs> so so we, we can't take for doctrine when somebody says, God spoke to me. We have to know what the Bible says. But, but I, as a Christian, you also know that God does speak to us personally. God's, that still small voice speaks to our heart. And God leads us in God. God. He obeyed the Lord's voice in Acts 8, 27. He obeyed. It's one thing to hear, but it's another thing to obey. I was thinking of Philip in my own personal experiences sometime. And just put yourself in Philip's shoes. He's out there preaching a great uh, meeting. God interrupts him. God says, go to the desert. <laughs> Philip said, Are you, why would I go to the desert when there's all these people here? God said, go to the desert. And when you get there, there'll be somebody <clears throat> in this chariot. And then when Philip gets there, the Holy Spirit says, go join yourself to that chariot. And I can imagine Philip saying, are you kidding, God? <laughs> you brought me here. This, I'm, I'm going to go interrupt this person. <laughs> I'm going to go make a fool out of myself by running up to this chariot and saying, hey, what, what you doing there? <laughs> Every soul winner feels like that. Every soul winner feels, are you kidding, God? <laughs> I got to talk. You want me to talk to that Muslim? You want me to knock on that door? You want me to run that person down? You want me to embarrass myself by asking the FedEx driver, if you died, you go to hell? <laughs> you want me to... Make a fool of myself with my co-workers. You know, all these thoughts are probably going through Philip's mind. You've got to be kidding, God. Go up to this man who's in charge. He's a big government agent. He's in charge of all the queen's money. And start talking to him. Well, thank God he obeyed. That's what the Holy Spirit will do sometimes. He'll put us in uncomfortable positions. And in our, in our mind, we're saying, you're kidding, God. That's how I felt yesterday, talking to some people. But anyway, thank the Lord for his obeying. And then he followed the Holy Spirit's leading in Acts 8, 29. <laughs> he ran. The Holy Spirit said, go, and he ran. Last night I was out visiting with uh, Jordan and Ethan Alvarez. And there were some people down the street there that were way down there. And it was too far for me as an old man to get to them. So I... I didn't mean it literally. I just said, run down there and talk to them. He actually took off and ran down there and talked to them. So, so he obeyed well. And Philip, Philip obeyed well. I was, before I started putting this lesson in, in type, it was all in my mind, but I, was, I had so many past experiences that I could share where I know that God led me, where God told me to go there uh, there's people at the home church I could even point that out to I have so many illustrations that, but as I was doing this and after, after last night it was like God said I'm going to give you extra favor for teaching this lesson 
And so this week, God gave me a whole fresh new examples of this. And so I'll just share with you. <clears throat> and all of us had, by the way, uh, we had somebody saved every time we went out this week. We had somebody saved. We had 12 people pray the sinner's prayer this week with all of us going out. And uh, had uh, Miles, Usher, Andrew, Joseph went out with me, uh, Lisa and Mary and Chandra went out with me. Last night, the Alvarez boys, Pastor Tim and I had great visits the other night. So just like the Lord allowed me to see this put into practice, which we do each time we go out. But, but the Wednesday night, I was with Miles and the guys we was telling about, and Andrew and Pollock and I, we, were, we, were, we teamed up together, and I was taking turns. So we went down our street. We did our thing. We came back. We got to uh, lead a Spanish man to the Lord. He prayed the sinner's prayer. Then we left his house, and we came to an intersection. There was two young persons walking down. The young boy had, uh, young man had long hair and a beard, and they had matching Pac-Man shirts on. So I spoke to them. I gave them a, our information we were given and gave them a track. And they said hi. I said hi. Told them what we were doing. And when they spoke, you could tell they had a definite foreign accent. So Andrew and I were trying to figure out where they were from. So we did our thing. And then it was time for Andrew to go with Miles. And I went with Joseph and Asher. So we came back. And we got back to that intersection. That couple was walking back from the store. And we met him again right there at that intersection. And I said, I know I gave you one of these. And then I stopped to talk to him. So I know I gave you one of these. I said, I noticed your accent. Where are you from? He said, we just came here from Russia. And uh, I, said, uh, I said, I like your hair and beard. I used to have long hair and beard like that. Got talking to him. And anyway, okay, just go on. But anyway, that... Young couple prayed and asked Jesus in their heart that night. You couldn't convince me that the Holy Spirit didn't lead us to give him the track. We didn't get to talk to him, but we came back and met at the same intersection. And so that's an example of what Philip experienced. Pastor Tim and I were out Thursday night, went to, did our thing, went to follow up on people who's been to the church, and went to uh, street and he took one side I took the other side so we're meeting back to the car I opened my car door and there was a young mother walking across the street and Pastor Tim said uh, say hi to that nice lady well I thought he had already talked to her so I did I just said hi <laughs> <clears throat> and then when I was getting in the car he said I didn't give her one of these so I knew why he in his wisdom wanted me to say hi to her because he knew what I would do if I said hi to her so I said, oh, I said, here, let me give you one of these. Invited to the concert, right there in the middle of the street. That young mother prayed and asked Jesus into our heart. You can't convince me that wasn't the Holy Spirit leading Pastor Tim to say, say hi to that, to that person. Then yesterday, before I got too busy with my day, I went yesterday morning to walk at Lodi Lake. And I took my tracks with me like always. There was a guy sitting in a wheelchair. It was a little bit farther away than I was walking. And I should have went and gave him a track. Normally I would. Normally I would, if I saw somebody, I'd go give him a track. But I just went on my way to do my walk. I went to the favorite bench I sat 
I usually sat at and sat there and prayed, but there was somebody there. So I hesitated going up there, but the, they had their stuff on the bench and they were in the water, a young married couple with a baby. I said, can I sit on the bench? I said, I'll even watch your phones for you. <clears throat> yes, so I sat there. And so the husband took the baby and the wife came up and sat on the other end of the bench. And so I said hi to her, gave her a track. She read the entire track, sat there, read the, she read the entire thing. And when she got through, I asked her name, her name was Cynthia. And I said, I noticed you read that. I said, have you ever prayed that prayer that was there? She goes, no. I said, uh, would you pray it right now if I prayed with you? So out loud, she sat there on that bench and prayed. There was no doubt in my mind that the Holy Spirit led me. I, I was trying to talk myself from going up there. Well, then I was leaving Lodi Lake. The guy in the wheelchair was still there. <laughs> still sitting there. I went up there. He had long hair and a beard. I started talking to him. He was, uh, he was crippled. And when I gave him the track to, to look at, he said, I can't read it, I'm blind. He was crippled and blind. And then as we had talked, he said, I'm a Muslim. He said, people are always telling me to be different religions. And he, you know, he put, up his, put up his shield. But the Lord broke my heart for that man. And I wasn't going to take no for an answer. I, I pulled out every Muslim stop I knew. I pulled everything out I knew. And he said, he, said I, he said, I'd give anything in the world, all the money in the world, if I could walk like you could. Wow. And I said, I t- if you accept Jesus, you'll get a new body and you'll walk again. Yes. I said, he could hear you now. And I told him the story about going to India and preaching to the lepers. I said, they have no hands and feet. I said, but one day they're going to get a new body. And that young man prayed and accepted Jesus in his heart. I don't know if that was the Lord caused me not to give him. Because if I went to him directly, I'd have given him a track and just walked off. But when I came back, I had time to talk to him. You can't convince me that God didn't leave me to that man. So... He'd be open to the Holy Spirit and he'll lead us. Yes. Well, we'll play a song, but I've been here four weeks and haven't played a third day song yet. So. <laughs> you need to change that. Yeah, this song, uh, one of my favorite third days, talks about following the Lord and all these things can happen when we mm-hmm. follow the Lord. Yes, sir. This one will crank it up real good. <laughs>
Great things happen when we follow the Lord. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, you've got a few moments. We'll finish our lesson. Number three, Philip reaped the fruit of a prepared heart. Uh, the eunuch was returning from worship, the Bible says. He had a prepared heart. We call it soul winning because sometimes you have to actually win a person. You have to preach to them. You have to apologetic to them. You have to do all kinds of things. But there's so many people, their hearts are already prepared. Uh, this guy was coming back from worship. We could spend a lot of time with that, but he was a, either a Jew or a Jewish proselyte. He was a eunuch. We've already seen that. Uh, we don't need to spend a lot of time in that. But in India, there's still eunuchs. A eunuch was either uh, somebody who was castrated so that they would not be tempted to have sexual relationships with women. And perhaps that's why he was a eunuch, because he, had, he was a high position with, for the queen and uh, didn't want any funny business going on there. But, but that also became known as a person of high standards. But in India... They castrate little boys when they're boys so that they can use them to beg on the streets because the uh, Hindus believe that God will bless them if they give money to these uh, uh, eunuchs. So you see all these young men with sart women's clothes on. They talk like women because their male uh, body parts have been removed. So sort of like the perversion of our gender <laughs> surgery. But anyway, he was a eunuch. But uh, he had high position. He was coming back. He'd come back from work. He was reading the Bible. I mean, how much of a setup could God do? <laughs> he had been worshiping probably on the day of Pentecost. He probably heard the discussion about was Jesus really the Son of God and all this going on? Because this was after the resurrection. And now he's reading the book of Isaiah, which talks about Jesus suffering and dying on the cross uh, 700 years before it ever happened. So uh, he was, God set him up, <laughs> and God often prepares hearts and <clears throat> is speaking to us to tell them about Jesus. God has prepared hearts, and uh, sometimes we, if we just say something, God will open the doors for us to share the gospel. So we miss many opportunities by doing, not doing that. And then lastly, Philip was a wise soul winner. He asked the right question. 830 said, do you understand what you're reading? You know, sometimes that's a great opener. I use that out so when, have you ever read the Bible? Uh, or, or quote a verse, or if somebody's go, a churchgoer, ask them if they understand a certain scripture. Do you understand what you're reading? And Eunice said, no, I don't. Can you come up here and sit by me? I mean, he even invited him to his, into his chariot. And that's not going to happen very often when somebody invites us in their home or chariot. So Philip went up, sat by him, and began right where he was reading. He began at that scripture. And was able to, Philip knew the Bible, and he was able to take that scripture. And no doubt Philip, as a young man, had heard that scripture taught in synagogue in his home and never really clicked till he met Jesus that day. And now he gets to tell someone, this is what says... What's about? It's exciting to take the Bible, isn't it? And say, this is talking about Jesus. Uh, the ark is a picture of Jesus. The Passover lamb, as I told that young Muslim yesterday, I told him about the Passover over lamb. The, the, 
The, God's no respecter part. doesn't matter if you're a Muslim or not. God loves you. He gave his blood. All those things. And Peter, excuse me, Philip preached those to them. He preached Jesus, Acts 8.35. That's my point I've been trying to emphasize. He preached Jesus. Pastor Mike, how do you witness to a Muslim? You preach Jesus. How do you witness to a Hindu? You preach Jesus. How do I witness to my neighbor? Preach Jesus. You just preach Jesus. And uh, if we preach Jesus... Something's going to happen. I won't have time to develop this thought. But in conclusion, Philip drew the net. The Ethiopian eunuch said, Here's water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And I was reading in, in a, my uh, study Bible. It's got notes and I got one study Bible that doesn't have any notes in it. Sometimes you just need to throw the notes away because they can confuse you. But anyway, my study Bible said the best authorities leave this verse out. And, and notice how conning those words are. The best. He didn't say all authorities leave it out. The best. He, just, he chose which was best. But the, this verse is in the Texas Receptus, which our Bible is translated from. The Texas Receptus is the, is the manuscripts, the Greek manuscript. There's no italics there. It was in the, it was in the Texas Receptus. Philip said this, if you believe with all your heart, then you can be baptized. The Catholics don't like that verse. The Church of Christ don't like that verse. The Mormons don't like that verse. The Jehovah Witnesses don't like that verse. All the baptismal regeneration, baby baptizers don't like that verse. Because Philip said, you can't get baptized unless you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And the eunuch said, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And then they went down both in the water. Uh, one, one commentary said he may have sprinkled him. How stupid. Can't you, can't you read? They went both down in the water. <laughs> if you're going to sprinkle somebody, you don't both go down in the water. You don't even go in the water. So people try to mess up God's word. Amen. So throw your commentaries away. <laughs> Get off the internet trying to find out what some dingling said. And believe what the Bible said. Yeah. You've got to believe in your heart. That's why we quote Romans 10, 9, out so it's right here. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart, God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. We hope you enjoyed listening to the preaching and teaching from God's Word today. You can get more information about our church and about starting a relationship with Jesus Christ at www.thehomechurch.net. From all of us here at the Home Church in Lodi, California, thank you for joining us.